We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. I'm just delighted that Brad is here. He's been a friend for 10 years. We go back to Oklahoma City, and I'm asking him to come this morning and share the word that God has poured into his heart and his life. He moves in the gifts of the Spirit, very sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in our lives on a regular and a daily basis. So would you put your hands together this morning and welcome to this platform, Brad Keller. Brad, would you come, please? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Steve. What an honor it is to be here today. And uh, I'm so excited to be at Christian Heritage Church in Tallahassee. And uh, hopefully uh, we will be able to... I'm going to get myself organized here. Uh, as I as I have been already in the presence of the Lord this morning, uh, how many of you have sensed His sweet presence here? And I, I'm telling you, there is something special about Christian Heritage Church, of what God is doing here. And the song that you sang, uh, Greater Things Are Yet to Be Done in This City. How many of you believe that? And you get to be a part of that. Come on. Come on. You get to be a part of that. Amen? How do you get to be a part of it? I'll tell you how you get to be a part of it. What you're about to do this afternoon and what you're, this, this program, this, this ministry that you're involved in, in being visible in your city, it's called serving your city. And when you serve your city, you will have access to your city. Come on. When you serve your city, you will have access to your city. Pastor Yvonne, do you let just anyone into your home? No. The people that you do let into your home, I bet there are some people that even have some keys to your house. And the people that have the key to your house are the people that serve you. Come on. Come on. And because they serve you, they have access. When you learn to serve the city, you will have access to the city. Come on. Do you believe that this morning? When you, when you understand this biblical principle, how do you think Nehemiah got the access or got the resources to build the walls of Jerusalem that he was, he was in captivity, he was in Babylon, he got the word of the Lord to go back to Jerusalem? What happened? He served his king. He served a pagan god, and as a result of serving that king, he got the king's money. I'm, I'm telling you, that as you begin to serve this city, you'll have access to this city. As you serve the government of this city and the government of this state, you'll have access. You will have resources that God will bring to you. How many of you believe that? Come on. And I, as we were, as we were in the office this morning and, and, and he was just sharing some things, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brought to remembrance this passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter 20 Isaiah chapter 20 verse 22 and it says this and upon you Eliakim I will give the house excuse me the key to the house of David and you will be able to open doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open and I declare that your pastors have that Eliakim anointing that you're going to see doors open in this city Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. 
there's a, there's a strong anointing upon this couple. That as they give, as they learn to serve, as they teach you, as they model how to serve in their community, they are literally opening up doors of God blessing them and you are going to reap the benefit of it. Can you say amen? I'm telling you that there's a strong presence of a leadership capacity upon this couple. And there's a strong anointing that God put upon you of why he's called you to Tallahassee. We taught yesterday in this leadership these leadership principles about the kingdom of God coming to the marketplace. That your anointing will always be geographical. And because they are in their geographical assignment, I'm telling you there's, an, there's a strong anointing. You may not have seen it yet. You may not have experienced everything that God has planned for you, but I'm telling you, it is coming. Come on, that's a little weak for you today. How many of you believe that? Do you believe that more is coming? Do you believe that these chairs are going to be filled? Come on. Do you believe that God's going to bring people in here? How is he going to do it? He's going to do it through you by serving this city. Why? Because Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9 says that the Lord is searching Tallahassee. The Lord is, search, is searching North Florida. Is searching South Georgia for men and women whose hearts are loyal towards Him. Why? Because God needs partners. Do we have any partners of the Holy Spirit that are here this morning? God needs some partners. Do you know what? Satan uses partners too. Come on. And this city probably has too many of them. So we need to change some camps. Come on. We need to change some camps. So I believe that the Holy Spirit is here and is going to minister to you this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the, uh, for the strong presence that, that is here this morning. And Lord, we give, our, we give our heart to you this morning. Put your hands on your eyes and say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, open my eyes. Give me the right perception. Put your hands on your ears and say this. Lord Jesus, open my ears that I will hear the voice that is speaking to me this morning, that is causing me to get out of my comfort zone. Put your hand on your heart and say this with me, Lord Jesus, give me a fresh heart. Give me a heart that is tender to the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Never forget this, that your eyesight, your perception is a direct result of what's in your heart. If your heart is not right, it will affect your perception because you can be in the presence of God. You can be in God, in the presence of God doing something new. And if your heart is not right, you will miss what God is doing because you did not perceive it. Come on. You want to make sure that your heart is tender towards the things of God. Because we do, not, we do not want to miss what God is doing in Tallahassee. We do not want to miss what God is doing in and through his people of Christian Heritage Church. Amen? Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. 
Beginning with verse 1 through 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 3. But now the Lord has said to Abraham, Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Now let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Can you say amen? Here's what the Lord is going to say to us today. That if we begin to hear what he is saying and we begin to follow the principles of the kingdom of God, we've got to find ourselves on a journey of getting out of certain places. Come on. God came to Abraham and said, get out. Prior to this word, there was no Jewish race. God birthed a Jewish race out of a word, one word, to a pagan. Because Abram was not a believer. He was a pagan. He was an idol worshiper. He did not know the presence of the living God. And yet God began to speak to him and said, Get out of your country, get out of your family, and get out of your house. Walk away from what you do know and into something that you don't know. Because I'm telling you, friends, that is the journey of faith. If any of you have experienced the journey of faith, you know what I'm talking about. Come on, wave at me. The journey of faith is that you know exactly what you're leaving behind, but you're not sure what you're walking towards. Come on, am I speaking to anybody this morning? You know exactly what you're leaving behind. You know exactly the past that you've left behind that you're saying no to, but you're not sure what you're walking towards. Come on. And that's why you need faith. And I'm, I'm telling you this morning that the kingdom of God is here. How do we know that the kingdom of God is here? In Mark chapter 3, verse 1, John the Baptist came preaching the gospel. And he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Put your hand out in front of you. Now look at your hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's how close the kingdom of God is. Then Jesus comes preaching the gospel. Jesus comes preaching, and in John chapter 17, Jesus says this, Now the kingdom of God is where? Within you. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. If you're going to experience the kingdom of God, God calls us out of something, and he calls us into something. It is one thing to be out it is another thing to be in. Come on. You can be out of a life of sin and not necessarily in the kingdom of God. You can be attending church every Sunday 
and still not be in the kingdom. Come on. The kingdom of God is this. There is a king. There is, he has a kingdom and he has a royal family. Come on. Give me your Bible, please. This book is not a religious book. There are people here today that try to tell us that the, that the person of Jesus in this book is nothing more than a religious figure, and this is nothing more than just a religious book, that if you do these code of ethics, if you do everything in this, in this word, that you'll have a good life. Come on, it's more than that. Jesus is a king. This book is about a king, it's about his kingdom, and it's about his royal family. Come on. And Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says, And in the fullness of time, Jesus was born. In the fullness of time, Jesus was born. What does that mean? It means several things. But what I'm about to tell you is going to change your, your historical perspective of how Jesus is going to minister to you. How the Holy Spirit is going to touch your life today. Prior to the Roman Empire, prior to the Roman Empire, Nations that conquered other nations, Babylon, Persia, up to that point, whenever a king would conquer a new territory, this is what they would do. Can I use you as an example? Come here, sir. So when, I, when, a, when a king would conquer new territory, what would, it do? what would a king do? A king would go to the land that he wants to conquer. So he would go to the conquering land and he would take people from that culture and bring them into his culture. Come on. Every conquering nation, people groups, up to the Roman Empire, did it this way. Why do you think most of the books of the minor prophets and the major prophets, they, the people of God, don't leave guys, I didn't tell you to leave. <laughs> Come on. Up to this point, every king that wanted new territory would go to that land and bring people into captivity. So that the ways of their, you're the king, so that the ways and the, the value system, the ways of thinking, the ethics, the code, every value system that was on this king now would get into the hearts of the people by bringing them into their territory and conquering them. I'm telling you, every king would do that up until the Roman Empire. So go back here now. The Roman Empire did something totally different that had never been done in the history of mankind. The most important person in the Roman Empire was not Caesar Augustus. The most important person in the Roman Empire were men called governors. And governors were sent. Say it, sent. Governors were sent to a new land that they wanted to conquer. And in the process of being sent, they would not take these people into captivity to their land, but they would bring a, 
uh, a naval fleet, they would bring generals, they would bring governors from Rome to the new territory. So in the fullness of time Jesus was born, Palestine was under Roman rule. And in the process of being under Roman rule, the values of Rome were getting into the people of Palestine. That was the purpose of why the Romans did something totally different that had never been done on the face of this earth before. They sent people, and what was in Rome now got into the people that they conquered, so that the Roman way of thinking, the Roman architect, Roman roads, Roman way of doing life now got into the people. The ethics, the code, a value system, the way of thinking, everything that was in Rome now was made to look like this territory. So Palestine was under Roman rule. And in that process of being sent, they were, they were making this territory look like Rome. Everywhere you go in Roman culture, when you, when you see architecture, when you see archaeology, and you study the Roman Empire, the places they conquered looked like Rome. And Jesus is a king. Thank you guys. Give him a hand. Jesus is a king. And where did Jesus come from? Come on. Where did Jesus come from? Heaven. Jesus was sent from God the Father to the earth. Why? Because he wanted to bring the culture of heaven to earth. Jesus was a sent Son of God, who comes to earth as a sent one. Why? Because he understands. And then when Jesus says to Peter in Matthew chapter 16, probably around verses 16 through 18, when he said, uh, who do men say that I am? And they said, they answered and they gave questions, they gave answers of who they thought Jesus was or what the people were saying. And Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? Until it becomes personal, you can't live it off of someone else's faith. Come on. And they said, who do you, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? One man spoke up and said, Peter, and Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Thou art the Christ. Peter was not saying, uh, Christ is your last name. You're Christ. Jesus' last name is not Christ. His, we don't know what his last name is, but the word Christ means what Peter was saying is, you're the, you're the anointed one. You're the anointed one. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven just downloaded information to you. What happened? Peter was saying, thou art the Christ. What did Jesus say? And upon this rock, I will build my church. Every time there is a confession of the Lord Jesus Christ as the anointed one, Jesus will build his church. Come on. Jesus builds his church. And so Jesus was a sent one from heaven. Why? Because heaven has a certain code of ethics. Heaven has a certain code of ethics. Come on. In, in heaven, what are some of the code of ethics? What are some of the value systems of heaven? Talk to me. 
Love. Come on. Giving. Praising. Worship. There's, there's certain ethics to the kingdom of God. And a king, get this now, a king does not sit, does not sit around scratching his head when he enacts a law. He's not scratching his head and wondering if the people are going to get it. See, we in this nation and, and other parts of our western hemisphere, we don't understand kingdom. We don't understand kingdom. We understand presidents. We understand senate. We understand house. We understand congress where everyone has a vote. Everyone has a say so. Everyone has an opinion. And we bring that thinking into the church. And the church doesn't even know the value system of the kingdom of God. Come on, we come into this house. We're bringing all of our own, our own culture. We bring our own opinions. We bring what we think ought to be done in the house of God. And we say things like, where's our worship leader? We say things like, well, I don't like the songs that they're singing. Well, who told you when you get to heaven, we're going to sing songs that you like? Come on. Jesus was sent from heaven. And in the process of being sent, his assignment is to bring heaven to earth. Jesus does not have a problem getting people from earth to heaven. If he wants to get you to heaven bad enough, he'll just tell you to hold your nose for three minutes and you'll be in heaven. Jesus has a problem getting heaven to earth. Why? Because in our culture, we don't understand kingdom. Because the king enacts laws. And the word of God are the laws of the kingdom of God. And if there is a law that says that the windows of heaven will be opened over your life through the law of giving, through the law of a tithe, then that's, that's a law. And God's not, wait, God, the king is not scratching his head in, in heaven wondering, I wonder if the people are going to get it. When kings enact laws, the people conform. Why? Because there is a king, there is a kingdom, and there's a royal family. But you see, we bring, we bring our own set of ideas. We bring our set of culture. We bring our set of thinking into the house of God. And we expect the house of God to throw out the principles of the kingdom of God. And now we act just like the world. If you act just like the world, how are you going to change the world? If I just act, if I'm always acting like you act, how can I confront you? Come on. If I'm always talking like you talk, how can I challenge your conversation? If I'm always doing what you do, how can I challenge your behavior? If I'm always thinking like you think, how can I challenge your thinking? Come on. And so we just, we act just like the culture around us, and we wonder why the churches are not growing. 
why people are not growing in the Lord and why they don't understand the kingdom. And so if we don't like a church, what do we do? Because we have opinions, because we like this, we don't like that. What do we do? We find ourselves leaving and we go to another church that preaches the Jesus that matches my behavior. Come on. You know I'm telling the truth. We, we find another church that preaches the Jesus that matches my lifestyle. And then we find the church that requires the least amount of change for my life. Come on. The kingdom of God does not wait around deciding if you're going to get it. This book is about a king, about a kingdom, and about his royal family. And God says... To Abraham, before there was even a cross, before Jesus even died, I got to pay attention to the time. I don't see a clock. Abraham had a word from God that said, get out of your country. See, there are certain things that we need to get out of if we're going to learn to embrace the fullness of the kingdom of God and the culture of the kingdom. Because I'm tired, I'm sick and tired of, 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 of going to churches and seeing nothing but a culture of the world infiltrating into the culture of the church. And there is more of the culture of the world in a church than there is the culture of the kingdom of God. Come on. And we see ourselves in, we, we see ourselves in even infiltrating the kingdom, the world, the culture of the world into our homes and our families. As a mentor, as a life coach, as a leader, there are times that, that I've, I've, I've had parents ask me to pray for their children. They say, I don't, I don't, I don't know where my son or daughter is. I just don't know where they're at anymore. I can walk into your son's daughter, your son or your daughter's bedroom. And just spend five minutes in your son or daughter's bedroom. And I can tell you exactly who is mentoring or who is speaking into the life of your son or daughter. And influencing them. Come on. We wonder why our homes and our families are not representing the kingdom of God. We need to see the kingdom, the culture of the kingdom. Where there is hatred, the kingdom of God comes with love. Where there is unforgiveness in our world around us, where there is racial tension, where there is racism around us, God's word, the kingdom of God says, love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. See, the kingdom is about the ethics and the values of heaven. And God wants to bring those values into the church. But what happens? We bring the values of the world into us. And God says to Abraham, get out of your country. In other words, get out of your race. 
get out of your ethnicity. When I take this microphone, I don't represent the white middle class of America. I represent the kingdom of God. When you come into this house, when you come into this house, you don't represent your race. You don't represent your color. And just because you have a different color than what I may have, what do we do in our culture? We start to assume something about you. I can't assume anything about you based upon your color. God speaks to us today through the kingdom of God. And we are to embrace one another. But what do we do? We begin to, God says, Abraham, get out of your culture. Get out of your country. (laughs) Get out of your country. Get out of the place or the comfortableness of your race. Because what do we do? We find that we get confined to our race. We get confined to our identity. That that brings an identity to us. But if we truly understand the kingdom of God, God is so past races. God is so past color. God says where there is neither Jew nor slave, where there is neither bond or free, where there is neither male nor female. God is so past gender, and yet we put that context, and we have the restrictions. And some of you today need to come out of the restrictions that your race puts on you. Some of you today need to come out of those restrictions. And begin to embrace the value of the kingdom of God. And then God says to Abraham, I want you to get out of your family. Get out of your family. What does that mean? That means get out of your class. Because when we think about class, we say things like, well, you're from the upper class. You're from the lower class. You're from middle class. You're urban. You're uh, a suburb. Whatever class. Educated, uneducated, poor class. Come on. God says, get out from that class. And don't let the restrictions. What what did someone do? Somebody in college or somebody in university or somebody who was a writer or a sociologist or a psychologist simply wrote books, wrote articles. And what did they do? They began to class people. Somebody classed you. Somebody identified you with the class. And that was put on you by man. And we've got to come out from the restrictions of our class. Just because you came from, just because you grew up in government housing doesn't mean that you're never going to own your own business. Just because you came from the other side of town that certain people live there doesn't mean that God is going to prosper you. Doesn't mean that God is going to honor his principles of the kingdom of God that's at work in your life. And we've got to understand that the kingdom of God is here. But if we don't embrace the kingdom, what good does it do for the kingdom to be here? Because we're embracing a culture that is not kingdom. Come on. And God says to Abraham, get out from your father's house get out from your country get out from your family and get out from your father's house in other words get out from the iniquities of your fathers get out from the generational curses of your fathers
Get out from those generational iniquities that have been passed down to you. Do you understand the difference between sin and iniquities? The iniquities are not necessarily your sin. Sin is what you do. Iniquities are why you do it. Come on. And God says, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to set you free from the iniquities or the generational curses that your father had put upon you. That your father couldn't keep a job and now you're not going to keep a job. Your mother couldn't keep a man and now you're not going to keep a man. You've always been poor and now you're going to be poor. Your grandfather had rage. Your father had rage. And now you're going to suffer from rage. Come on. Those, those family curses, those iniquities of our fathers get broken off of us. Come on. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. I don't know if I made it exactly perfectly clear this morning, but I believe that there is the Holy Spirit that will bring it to clarity in your spirit and in your mind because there's some people here today that you have chosen to come into this house and the first place that you need to start of surrendering your life is to embrace the king. The first place to start is to embrace the king. Because the, there, this Bible is about a king, about his kingdom, and about us as a royal family. And if we are not a part of the royal family, then that means you have a wrong destination at work in your life. And just as I, as I scan the audience, the first place to start this morning, if you're the only person that I came here to preach to, and you're saying, Pastor Brad, I need this Jesus. I need this King in my life. I need to surrender my life to the King. Because quite frankly, you've been, you've been living your life on your own strength and your own might and your own power, and you've got your foot on that gas pedal, and you're headed straight to hell. And God is intervening. God is intersecting right now in your life. Just with a raise of hand, who is here this morning that would say, Pastor Brad, would you pray for me? I need this Jesus. I need this King. Anyone? Yes, God bless you. Anyone else? Yes, God bless you. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Let's celebrate what God's done in just two lives this morning. Hallelujah. It's no accident. It's no accident that you're here. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Maybe you're here this morning and you're realizing I have a ways to go because I'm still embracing the culture of the world around me. I still am finding myself embracing something that's around me and I'm bringing that culture into my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, the Holy Spirit is convicting people here this morning. If that is you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. Anyone else? Come on. 
You don't, you don't want to let the restrictions of your race confine you. You don't want to let the restrictions that man puts upon you. You're realizing, I need to embrace the culture of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, come and speak to us today about what it means for the culture of the kingdom to be upon us. Forgive us, Lord, where we have been following another culture. Speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.